Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Shake podcast coming to you on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in May. The weather in the UK is fantastic right now. We're kind of edging towards the real summer season. High temperatures, sunshine, dry weather and it is the absolute optimum time of year now to get out on the golf course and to start playing. And I'm sure that one guy who was out playing last week, away playing in a tournament, nursing his groin strain from last week, was my co-host and good friend and colleague, Owen Davis. And Owen, you were away playing last week. How did you get on? Uh, yeah, not too badly, Kieran. I completed uh, my 72 holes. I have to say, you're very fond of talking about my groin, it seems. Uh, each week it gets mentioned now. So, uh, it's a tradition, sure about, I, have but, to, um, I have to mention it. <laughs> I have to mention it. Um, yeah, no, I played a, a tournament called the Lagonda Tournament at a place called Gog Magog Golf Club. And um, yeah, a kind of amateur tournament uh, for lower handicappers and really enjoyed it. Yeah, had a good time, made the cut. So that was a surprise uh, uh, to me and most of us, I'm sure. So I uh, managed to play four rounds, but uh, good fun all the same. Well, you see, Owen, you said there that it was a surprise to you and other people, but you know, I always believe in you. I knew you were going to make the cut. I never doubted it at all. Even with your, your, your nursing that injury, I just knew you were going to pull through in the end. But again, the mantra is, before playing in a, a big golf tournament, try not to jump over any walls on the beach or anything like, like you did the week before. And, and incurring silly injuries. Obviously, you hear all these professional golfers who get injured skiing or skateboarding or nightclubs falling downstairs. You see all kinds of crazy things. But I think you jumping over a wall kind of takes a biscuit uh, for perhaps stupidity. So, um, but yeah, you overcame it very well and I'm impressed by your performance. And I was actually playing golf last week as well. I played the, the old course at St Andrews, which I mentioned on last week's podcast. I played there uh, last Tuesday uh, morning and... Um, I mentioned that dreadful, that incredible first hole, which has kind of got into my head psychologically. And indeed, Owen, you'll be not probably shocked to hear that it got me again. I hit my first ball out of bounds left, almost hit the hotels and the houses and the cars. Another snowman. Um, I, well, I made another snowman, exactly. So the last three times I've played that hole, my, my, my second, my reteed shot was perfect. Then I hit my approach into the burn. Made eight once again. So the last three times I've played that hole, I've made eight. So I, I think actually the fact that I was talking about it so negatively on the podcast last week probably did not help my psychology going in. So next time I go and play there, I'm going to be high, highly positive and, and go into go in there with uh, some optimism for once. But yeah, again, playing the old course is always a thrill, always a privilege. And uh, even though I found far too many bunkers, and uh, it was it was good fun nonetheless, and always a great experience. Uh, so moving on to this week, uh, last week in the golf. Um, a, kind of a, a week where a lot of guys sort of rolled back the years to some extent and came through from left field to win on both major tours over on the European tour of Al Quiros, who well, it was a guy, you know, five, six years ago, he was a consistent winner on the tour, a big hitter. And really since then he's had injury problems, lost his game, lost his tour card indeed. But yet he came through and he won at the Vergura Resort in, in Sicily at the weekend there. Brilliant win in the end for him. He had a, a seven-shot lead at one point but lost it, but came through in the playoff and showed the strength of character to get through and win there. And Owen, he was a guy, as I said there, a few years ago he was a consistent winner, one of the top European players, potentially a guy who could break onto a Ryder Cup team, but it kind of went south for him. And I think in the end, it showed with his final round how he struggled there towards the end, that just how much pressure was on him. But surely now he has this win under his belt, he has has the security now of two more years on the European Tour, has his tour card back, and obviously that confidence, surely for Alvaro, maybe you know, there's still some life left in the tank going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, he's a great player, isn't he? I mean, he was fantastic in the past. Massive, massive hitter. Uh, it was amazing to watch him hit a ball. 
Um, and like you say, you know, he knew how to win. Um, he won quite a few times in the European Tour, I believe, and, and he really did look like kicking on. Very similar, actually, to another one. Nicholas Kosarts uh, has done a similar thing. You know, big hitters, and the, and uh, they just haven't been able to kick on and actually fallen away a bit. But um, I know Quiros yeah. is, is hugely popular uh, on tour and um, hugely popular with with the with the brands and the manufacturers who, who have stuck by him over the last few years. I actually spoke to some of the guys at Callaway recently and they were saying what a what a top chap he is and, and they think he'll be back and um, they've certainly proven proven them right and um, it was great to see him win again. I mean he had a big big old wobble, didn't he, on that final mm-hmm. round and it looked like he'd thrown it away. But um, it was good to see him uh, show a bit of metal in the playoff and, and get over the line there and now um, he can kick on and uh, be about for the next couple of years and it wouldn't be a surprise to see him win a game, would it? Now he's got a bit of confidence back. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say there, you know, everyone speaks very highly of him. Like you're one of the good guys in the European Tour, a great character. And uh, yeah, it was certainly a, a very popular win at the weekend. You're getting, seeing him get, roll back the years and getting back into the winner's circle and uh, resurrecting his career in many respects as well. And over on the PGA Tour, you know, Billy Horschel, who of course won the FedEx Cup a few years ago, made massive money there, a guy who was a, a consistent winner three, four years ago. But since then, it's been something of a struggle. Uh, in the past year, he missed 14 of his last 25, 14 cuts in his last 25 events. And uh, really, it came out of nowhere. He won the Byron Nelson there. He took advantage of Jason Day's mistake on the, in, the playoff, in the playoff hole to win that title, his first title in the PGA Tour in three years. Uh, and of course, it turned out actually, I don't know whether you saw this one or not, but in the aftermath of that, uh, uh, Billy's wife, Brittany, uh, put out a tweet uh, with a statement uh, saying that in the past year or so, she's been recovering uh, from alcoholism, uh, which is obviously not something that you necessarily would expect to hear. Uh, a very sad story, obviously a, a tremendous issue and a strain for their family. I'm sure they have a young family and uh, difficult times and perhaps kind of... Um, gives us some sort of insight as to why Billy uh, struggled in the tour the past two or three years, really since that big breakthrough he had. Uh, so another another big win there for him and uh, a good story, a guy who's obviously overcome some issues at home. And I think in the end, it, again, it illustrates to us uh, as golf fans watching that, you know, yeah, these guys are on tour and they make big money and they live a great lifestyle and all the rest of it. But in reality, you know, they're still human beings. They still have the issues at home. And uh, we certainly wish them all the horseshoes very well. But for in terms of him as a golfer, uh, Owen, a guy who when we saw him come through and win the FedEx three years ago, we thought he was going to really kick on and potentially become one of the real top American stars. Obviously, it hasn't happened yet. But do you think it could happen now from this point going forward? He's only 30 years of age. He now has this win under his belt again. The confidence from that, much like Quiros. And uh, surely Horschel, he has a, a very determined attitude, obviously. He's... Uh, you know, he's very kind of animated on the golf course and uh, surely now he could potentially push on and maybe fulfil the potential that he showed a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, he's got the potential, hasn't he, to uh, to be one of the top, top players. He showed that when he won the FedEx and he and he, he gets very streaky, so it doesn't surprise me that he's missed those cuts and uh, he obviously has been struggling with stuff at home and it gives you a lot of perspective that these guys are human beings and, um, you know, the personas we see on TV and follow week in, week out aren't necessarily... Uh, what their real lives are like and it you know it must be hard when they're, they're on the road uh, week in week out playing maybe 30 35 weeks away from home a year um, yeah. family life is is really difficult you constantly hear uh, stories on tour of, of caddies and and uh, you know and guys working on the, the tour trucks and stuff struggling because they're away from home so much um, and and the players will be no different that they're away so so much so he's obviously had a lot going on off course but he's, he's gritted it out and he, he's got back um you know, in, in the winner's circle. And, and, you know, partly that's courtesy of, of the FedEx Cup and the fact that he had a lot of ranking 
ranking points mm-hmm. and um, and he could play for the next few years and, and not worry about his status so much um, has meant that he could come back and win this time. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I fully expect if he, if he, if he feels happier off the course, he's, um, he's now obviously happier on the course because he's got that win under his belt. Um, yeah. He's obviously got the talent. He's won against the best in the world. Uh, on pretty much the biggest stage, not quite the major stage, but the one just beneath that. So mm-hmm. there's no reason to think he can't kick on and uh, and become a top player again. So uh, no doubt we'll see him um, up there on the leaderboards for the rest of this year. Yeah, I would expect that to be the case. And uh, looking ahead to this week, obviously it's the BMW PGA Championship from Wentworth, uh, the European Tour's flagship event and uh, the first event of the new Rolex series on the European Tour, a huge kind of money-spinning series of tournaments throughout this season. Uh, $7 million prize fund this week at Wentworth. Obviously an event with a, a great history, a, a venue of great history, and it uh, hasn't always necessarily been easy in recent years where the golf course has changed uh, a few times, has been criticised at times, but everyone who has seen the changes for this year's event seems quite impressed by what they've done to the golf course, particularly in relation to the greens. But obviously an event where you know it's it's kind of been a British golf institution, the PGA at Wentworth, where you know, golf fans you know, flood this event, it's great crowds every year, they sort of frame the holes amongst the trees, it's a great setting, a great atmosphere always there. And uh, the, the the field is not quite where it used to be. I would say you know it's, it's still strong. Uh, Rory McIlroy was due to play this week, but obviously had to withdraw due to his recurring uh, back problem due to his rib injury from earlier this year. But we still have the likes of Henrik Stenson, the Open champion, Justin Rose, Ian Poulter's back in there, Luke Donald, Matt Fitzpatrick, a lot of the top English guys are in there as well. Uh, but Owen, looking at uh, the, P- the PGA at Wentworth, obviously it's been a, a big part of kind of think everybody's in the UK, kind of our golf lives growing up. It was on the BBC TV for so many years, a kind of a British institution. What are your thoughts about the Wentworth and uh, the PGA and how and, and what its status is in the game today? I think it's, you know it's great that they've sorted the course out. Um, you know we won't beat about the bush. It was pretty terrible. Uh, the changes that were made originally, uh, the players hated them. Um, the greens, uh, you could see actually if you attended the attended the event, and I've been the last few years, you could see the greens weren't quite up to scratch. So hmm. um, they've made a lot of big changes. The greens have improved a lot. Um, still, you know the eight, the way they what they did to the 18th, they took a lot of eagles out of a lot of birdies, um, and the players weren't weren't happy at all. So. Now that they've got the course changes uh, right, it sounds like the players are, you know, super impressed by them. Uh, much happier uh, with with what they're going to be playing on this week. The greens are a lot better. Um, I think you'll see this the, the status of the tournament tournament improve. It's obviously a massive one on the European tour, but I think, you know, you mentioned the field there. It's very sad that Rory's not playing because he would have added that um, world stardom, that that real superstar element to the to the field. And while there's a lot of very very good players, major champions in there. Um, a lot of very good Europeans. He's the really kind of sparkle uh, in the event and, and would have been the icing on the cake. So the European Tour would be disappointed he's not there. Having said that, it's a fantastic tournament and um, anyone who's been will know that it's a, it's a brilliant watch. It's The atmosphere is uh, superb. The course actually on the eye looks fantastic with the framing of the trees. Uh, and the weather's mm. usually very good as well. So um, it's got a lot going for it. Um, it's now part of the Rolex series as well, which is... Uh, a series of events, all with a seven million uh, euro prize fund, uh, making it a huge tournament up there with some of the biggest ones in the US as well. So I think we'll only see this field improve now over the next few years, and the European Tour uh, will be uh, very, very happy and uh, a lot of weight lifted off the shoulders, thinking that actually they've got the course right, the purse is right, and the tournament can go uh, from strength to strength uh, this week, and hopefully we'll have a great leaderboard uh, come Sunday afternoon.
Yeah, very much so. And I think it's important for Wentworth and for the PGA to kind of have a strong showing this week yeah, for, for the players to report on how the golf course plays and how it looks quite good and then obviously to relay that to the other players as well and obviously the prize fund this week is huge and that's going to continue going forward because I think in, in more recent years the PGA Wentworth had kind of an identity crisis. I remember last year the European Tour's Chief Executive Keith Pelley said that he no longer considered the PGA to be the European Tour's flagship event. As far as he was concerned it was the Dubai World Championship in November. Again, the, the European Tour's finale, big money and I think with the kind of the movement of the European Tour towards the Middle East and the big money events being there at the start of the year and then the end of the year Wentworth has kind of slid away a little bit especially now you look at the likes of the Irish Open that Rory's back so much even the Scottish Open before the Open Championship has become a really big event as well with a great field uh, so Wentworth had a little bit of a identity crisis, but if they have a, a good week this week, the weather forecast is excellent, and um, I think it, with this kind of Rolex series branding behind it, then it could try and elevate itself back up to where it was a number of years ago, where it was you know a great British institution uh, for golf. And again, for anyone who's going there this week, we hope you, have, hope you have a great week when you go there. And again, it's one of the best attended events in the world. And uh, like Owen said, always a great atmosphere and a good field, a lot of great British talent there, a lot of great young English players, and. Um, I'm sure they'll, they'll appreciate the backing and uh, hopefully have a, have a great tournament. And uh, again, I say the field's very strong and some of the, some of the tea times going out uh, this week, some great pairings to watch both in the morning uh, and, and in, the, in af- and the afternoon as well. On Thursday morning, likes Daniel Willett, he's playing with Chris Wood and Luke Donald. We also have uh, Matt Fitzpatrick playing with Justin Rose and Ernie Ells, who was involved in some of the changes a few years ago. Francesco Molinari's playing with Russell Knox and Tyrrell Hatton. That'll be another good pairing to follow. And then in the afternoon, going going up the field, you have some of the great more European players like Thomas Peters and Martin Keimer. They're playing with Lee Westwood. Defending champion Ben Anne's playing with Ian Poulter and Bernd Wiesberger. We also have Brandon Grace playing with Tommy Fleetwood and the Open champion Henrik Stenson. So a great field to follow and uh, it's always something to look forward to at Wentworth. Uh, again, a great venue, a historic venue and it should be a, a great week as well. And obviously, Owen, moving now to our kind of our focus for this week, Last week we discussed our, our kind of our favourite links courses. You mentioned many of them in the southeast of England and southwest. I mentioned many of the ones I like in Scotland. Uh, but this week we have a, a guest on, uh, our friend from Golf Breaks, at James Summerside, who is a great expert in English golf, particularly in the northwest of England. Obviously, the Open Championships coming to the northwest this year at Royal Birkdale, and it's probably no better time to really look into coming to that great destination uh, this year. Whether you're coming from the UK itself, going to the, going to Southport and that kind of area, Manchester, Liverpool, or whether you're coming from internationally from the United States or elsewhere, you could really spend. A great week, 10 days in this region playing some of the best golf courses in the UK, some of which you may not have heard of. And we're going to bring in James now to talk about that uh, for this week. So uh, bringing in James uh, from Golf Breaks. How are you doing, James? Good to have you on the Golf Shake podcast. How are you? Yeah, good, guys. Uh, doing very well. How about you? Well, I'm very well, and I hope you enjoyed listening to us talk there for 15 minutes and waffling on a lot of rubbish as usual. Uh, we try we try and keep it as uh, short and concise as we can. Um, so, James, yes, obviously, you know, you have a great affinity with the northwest of England. You, you've played all the golf courses there so often. So, what are the as you as a golfer, first of all, what are the real highlights for you at playing around Southport, around Manchester, around Liverpool? What are the great highlights for you as a golfer? 
I think the big thing for me is, and I think it it gets lost um, sometimes as people talk about sort of obviously the great courses in in Scotland for the Open Rotor, and uh, particularly with our US clients looking at Ireland to go and play some of those courses. But I think within probably a sort of an 80 mile square radius up in that northwest corner, for me, you've got the best golf courses uh, certainly in the UK, if not in the world, in a in a sort of area that size. Uh, we did a trip recently, and and to take in the three. Um, Royal courses in in Liverpool, uh, Burtdale and and Lytham, all of which are sort of, you know, an hour's drive at most from furthest points away from each other is is pretty unparalleled for anywhere in England and and just the the quality and the caliber of the other courses which surround those open courses too, uh, mm. I feel really strongly is is something which is is hard to find uh, pretty much anywhere anywhere else um, in the British Isles. Yeah, I think you're certainly right there. I mean, you look through the list of courses in this area, it is quite shattering. Obviously, you have some of the big-name courses like Royal Birkdale, Royal Liverpool, of course, uh, as well, Livingston St Anne's, the great open venues that people know very well from watching on TV and so on. But you also have kind of below that likes of Hillside and Formby as being great links courses and uh, very popular courses. And then even below that, you have kind of the more lesser-known gems, you know, West Lanks, Southport and Ainsdale, Hesketh. So... Obviously, James, we have everyone knows about the big courses, you know, the, the open championship venues. But what are the courses below that? Because obviously, if you're trying to plan a maybe a week to ten day stay in the area, you want to play the big golf courses. But you also want to try and play some of the lesser known ones that are obviously of a very high quality. So, what are the, some of the the better lesser known courses in that area? Yeah, I think the um, one of the great perks of, of having the open in that area so often is that you get some. Uh, you obviously have a lot of local and final qualifying for the open. Uh, and so you get to know these courses quite well um, as sort of the final destinations where people head before playing in the open. So places like Hillside often plays uh, final uh, final qualifying. But then if you go up towards Blackpool and Lytham, you've got Fairhaven up that way, which is a slightly more inland course, uh, but sort of phenomenal condition. And uh, same with West Lanks. I played West Lanks recently and we teed off at sort of 7.30 in the morning. It was a gorgeous still day, uh, you know, sort of 16, 17 degrees at sort of half seven eight o'clock in the morning and I, you know for, for any course in the world I'd struggle to have a better experience than that it was uh, it's a fantastic layout up there um, but the same can be said for places like Hillside which is right next door to Burtdale or Southport and Ainsdale which is uh, slightly further down the road as well um, but then away from that you've got places like Formby you know still in Southport uh, form is one of those courses where people will talk about it as a it's almost got a cliched or have you heard about type status now because it's so good um, <laughs> and obviously everybody has now heard of it because everyone's sort of yeah. spreading the same theme oh, I, I played this course called form but you might not know about it and you know mm. everyone has cause it's a phenomenal course and for whatever reason a lot of those courses either don't have the infrastructure or they don't have the uh, the need or the want to host some, uh, some bigger tournaments but I'd say uh, you know all of those courses I've just mentioned, as well as places like St. Anne's Old Links, up towards Blackpool and uh, Hesketh and Wallasey we played recently. All of these have got the calibre to hold some big golf courses if they choose to. Um, you know, the layouts are just that good and the land and the uh, sort of how those courses have progressed over the last hundred years really lend themselves to a great experience whether you know whether you're coming over for a a bit of a jolly and playing off the forward tees and having a you know a nice time with your mates or or actually testing yourself on some what can be really challenging golf if you you know teared up slightly further back and the wind gets up in the rain and it can be the the hardest golf you'll uh, you'll ever play on the planet as well as some of the most enjoyable i think 
Yeah, very much so. And uh, again, I'm looking through the list of courses, and it is a kind of unparalleled stretch of coastline there. As you say, obviously, there are other great regions in the UK for golf. Obviously, we have kind of South East England, obviously, the Kent coast, uh, obviously, down towards Cornwall and places like that. And then again, in Scotland, we have kind of East Lothian and Fife, and Ayrshire is great kind of coastal regions for golf. But again, you know, with Northwest England, it's, it's right up there with the best of them. I think kind of the depth of courses would perhaps surprise people who may not be too familiar with some of the lesser known courses but like you said there the quality of them is unmatched you know it really is a a tremendous kind of squad of courses obviously have the the big names but then behind them there's you know some great backups there as well so James for golfers who perhaps are within the UK itself and they want to go out and try and experience a get a taste of Lynx golf a taste of high quality golf maybe spend maybe three four days in the northwest of England how would they go about arranging that with golf breaks and what would be your advice for them? The best thing or the biggest thing to sort of take uh, to take into consideration and come to us with is is what do you want out of your break? Is it something where you want to go and play the best courses? So, you know, you go and tie in one of those big names um, and then you maybe supplement that with two or three uh, sort of so lesser priced courses for want of a, uh, a more diplomatic phrase. Um, <laughs> or do you want to go and, uh, you know, just have a great time and go out in Liverpool or Southport or Blackpool? And there's some fantastic areas just to go out sort of on the town up there as well. But the, the biggest thing I would say is, you know, do you want to go and play uh, the name courses? Do you want to go and tick off the bucket list? So do you want to play Birkdale? Do you want to play Hoylake? Do you want to play Royal Lytham? Um, would you be okay going on a break without those if you played the likes of Hillside or Formby or Wallasey uh, or West Lanks? You know, it, just have a think about those before before you uh, sort of arrive at, at, at what you want out of it. And then the guys on the phones here have just got a phenomenal knowledge. They've all played each and every course and they'll be able to tell you, you know, which would be best suited to that group. And, you know, we can build packages which take into consideration playing all three Royal courses uh, and only playing sort of open championship or open qualifying courses or courses that don't take in any of those um you know which may be more affordable but may not have the prestige and and that's really the the key thing is what you want out of it my my personal recommendation would be to you know if you're going over three or four days look at the one or two courses you really want to see you know whether it was remembering Podrake hit that five wood into Burtdale a few years Mm. ago and trying to replicate that so great go and play Burtdale but then supplement that with someone like West Lanks or Hillside which is close by and still a great course mm-hmm. and then maybe look for a course slightly lower down the radar lower down the sort of the price bracket which you know may ease you into the week so rather than breaking your bank on having sort of uh, you know 200 pound courses 100 pound courses each time play a couple of those and supplement it with some courses which may cost sort of 40 to 80 pound around as well would be my my recommendation to so you get a bit of everything um, you, there's a risk, I think, up there with you just play the brilliant courses, and sometimes they merge into one after uh, after four days playing world uh, world class venues. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, for anyone listening to this right now, you, if you're intrigued to go and play uh, these courses in the northwest of England, uh, get in touch with golfbricks.com. Again, they can put together packages based on your your desires, what you want to do, what your you, you come to them with your information, what you want to achieve, what courses you want to play, the sort of trip you want to have with your friends or family, wh- whoever you're coming with, and uh, they can try and tailor that for you and put together a really appealing package. But James, you obviously mentioned the the big golf, big name courses, and again, I think for people who are coming perhaps from out with the UK, from the United States or elsewhere, they're here for the the big names, for the the marquee names, the bucket list, uh, the cliche, the bucket list course to yeah. tick off the list, obviously. And for, so for golfers coming from the, from the 
US or elsewhere, you're here maybe for maybe seven to ten days. You know, how can they get the most out of those of that week when they're here? Is it just playing intense golf, you know, rounds every single day? Or what about the wider kind of context of the area? You know, obviously, the great cities that are there, great cultural cities, Liverpool, so on, Manchester. Obviously, Blackpool's a, a classic seaside British town. So what for golfers coming from the United States or elsewhere, what would you recommend for them? Would it be a case of coming here and trying to play as much golf as possible or try and balance that out with trying to experience the area as well? I, I love that you didn't call my, my home of Blackpool one of the cultural gems of the northwest <laughs> well, <laughs> the is, I, I have i have visited blackpool before so i i know not to call it that so no cultural i mean you... james i'm not sure it's cultural gem <laughs> it's a shock more than anything it's a classic else. classic british seaside <laughs> so town there you go yeah no, i mean that's it's sort of the the sort of way you phrase that i think is, is is bang on i think if you come across and particularly from the u.s uh you know it can be a lot to take in playing golf every day. And even if you're not, even if you're yeah. coming from down in the uh, sort of the up in Scotland or down in the south of the UK, come on up and spend a day in Liverpool or Manchester or Blackpool and, and sort of experience some of the stuff that goes with it. I mean, Liverpool won the capital of culture, uh, the European sort of um, accolade a few years ago, and they've redone that city recently. And it's a, you know, it's a really interesting town to walk around in the daytime, let alone with all the history with the Beatles and everything else you've got there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Manchester and, and Liverpool have got some great football teams if that's what you want to come and see uh, at the weekend. You know, there's, there's concerts and there's just uh, there's just something to do in every one of those towns. And even somewhere like Southport, which might not be quite as bigger destination has got sort of plenty of restaurants and bars and things to see down the seafront and if you get any of those places and i'll include blackpool in this on a good day and the weather's good <laughs> it, there are sort of few prettier places to to ever yeah. wander down the coast in the uk and, and there's sort of if you look between where blackpool and lytham are or blackpool and st Anne's, there's just acres of probably three miles of sand dunes which you can just head out on and uh, you know, it's almost a beach holiday for for one day of the year that we get the <laughs> they get the appropriate temperature up there. But yeah, there's bundles to do away from the course, and um, a lot of these courses as well because they're not the big resort type things. You don't end up spending five or six hours out on course, and you don't sit down for 45 minutes at the halfway house sort of thing. So you can rip around those in four o'clock, and you can sorry in four hours, and you can go and get a tea time at four o'clock in the afternoon after going to do some cultural stuff in the daytime if you want to, or conversely, tee off early and, and go and spend the afternoons at the football or you know checking out some of the stuff that the cities have to offer as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, like James said there, you know, they're, they're, they're in Blackpool, there's so much to offer there. There's so much great culture there. And uh, yeah, and obviously a classic fish and chips sort of town. Yeah, uh, bringing, yeah. It certainly is. And I've been there and you know, I, I was there for, for a week a week back in the day and I quite enjoyed it in its own way. Again, a nice place and a lovely summer's day. And uh, it's uh, kind of a, a different side of the UK. It's, it's um, again, classic British culture that way. But yeah, again, great cities, great towns, great golf courses. There, there's so much to offer in this area. But James, obviously you have a great knowledge and affinity and insight uh, for these courses and uh, you've played there so many times all different courses and, and ticked them all off many times so from your personal standpoint what are your favorite golf courses in the area uh is it, is it all of them no it's, it's a, a very a tough uh, question tough question to to, to yeah. cipher them out for me i think uh and I, I would argue this quite strongly with anybody i think the hillside has got the best back nine of anywhere i've played in the world I think as a set of mm-hmm. nine holes, 
as you head away from the uh, clubhouse again and there's a, a sort of an uphill par three and then a, a sweeping par five and then you head out towards the coast and you know that course is just that that back nine for me is really special i think the open course as well have some great heritage i was fortunate enough to play them all uh, relatively recently i'd say that royal lytham is probably the best designed course I've ever played for the plot of land it's on i think they make mm-hmm. the most of some um relatively straightforward land i sort of surrounded by houses and it's not got the elevation changes and uh, you know some some you look at a place like uh, trump in aberdeen and you'd struggle to make a bad course there that land so lends yeah. itself to beautiful scenery and the, and the dunes there whereas you know it's not quite the case at Lytham and same with Hoylake really Hoylake was built on a on a racetrack originally the first few holes there so it's very flat but as you get towards the sea it's uh you know fun has to take plot of land as well so for me I think Hillside Hillside probably takes it uh almost for the you don't expect it to be as good as it is because it's right next door to Burtdale that said, someone like Burtdale is phenomenal to go and play, and particularly this year. And you know, without doing the hard sell on it, we do, we have packages available for this year. So if you like what you see at the Open, you know, give us a call and uh, you know try and try and take on that course for you for yourself later in the year and see if you can tick off some of the players that you might beat, uh, or not so much if uh, you know if the wind's up and it's difficult. Yeah, that's always a great, a great fun for everybody to go and play at an open venue that they've just seen on TV and try and you know, replicate some of the shots that the guys themselves have seen play. And that, that is always good fun. Again, like you say, they're trying to fall in the footsteps of Harrington who had that great wood to the 17th green uh, eight year, nine years ago now in the Open there in 2008. And uh, yeah, again, it's fun to walk in the footsteps of all these great players. But like you said, they were hillside. You know, that's a golf course that everyone talks very highly about. And I think anyone who's coming to the area, whether you're coming from the UK itself or from further afield, then do try and make sure hillside is on your your list uh, for when you come here because it's a a great golf course and, and amongst many other great golf courses in that area and bringing in Owen again because Owen's been sitting there very quietly this week I've uh, I've kept him very quiet and uh, he's been very, he's, he's been <laughs> he's been very well behaved uh, so Owen you spent some time in that area as well so what what stands out to you most of all about golf in the northwest? Yeah, I think first of all, I'd like to reiterate um, completely James's uh, assertion that the, the golf course is just underneath the open courses, um, and that's for want of a better word, just like James said earlier, because um, you know they could easily also hold the open. Um, are, yep. are fantastic, and you're talking the likes of Wallasey that's held the British Amateur recently, or within the last 15 years or so. Hillside, I think, has held a British Amateur. Certainly, British boys, uh, Hesketh as well. Um, Formby's held an English amateur, um, so you're talking about these courses aren't, you know, you know, aren't, but they're still championship courses that could hold, um, you know, European tour or major major tournaments. So, you know, you really are grabbing almost a bargain when you go to these courses. Um, you're not necessarily paying in the the multiples of hundreds of pounds like you might be for for, for the royal courses, but um, you're getting something pretty special. And, you know, I agree with James. The back nine at Hillside is unbelievable. It's uh, as a collection of holes, uh, it's fantastic. And um, I think is there a point, James, on the back nine where you can also stand and see Blackball Tower and then Snowdonia off to the south as well in the distance. So um, you know, you can the, as well, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's there's some crowning glories to it as well. So as a collection of holes, it's fantastic. I, I personally prefer Burtdale either um, Royal Liverpool or Royal Lytham. And that's just because the elevation changes. Um, for me, the holes are framed a bit better in the dunes. Um, but, you know, you, it's almost you could pick any course out of a, a dozen up there uh, and not be wrong in picking your favourite. Um, 
and uh, yeah, and the other thing that you won't realise, I mean, if you're listening to this and and you're not from the UK, um, you, the, the proximity of the courses to each other is mind-boggling. They literally are, you know, within all within a half an hour, hours drive of each other. You can play a dozen world-class courses, and then you've got two great cities in Manchester and Liverpool, um, right there on your doorstep, and. Um, you know, I know our US friends obviously have to go quite a distance to, to their courses and big cities, but uh, they'll be very surprised, actually, anyone coming over here, at the proximity all to each other and, and how you can base yourself in one place and have a fantastic 10 days uh, of golf and culture. Um, it really is, it really is a, a gem of a place, um, that area for, for golfers. Yeah, I think the yeah, accessibility... Well, sorry, yeah, I was just saying the accessibility is a really big point as well. Um, as Owen mm-hmm. said, you can fly into Liverpool from most places in the US or certainly into Manchester and get a self-drive. And I took some uh, American journalists recently on a trip where we played some of those courses and I was sort of apologising for, oh, sorry, it's a bit of a drive, this one. And I was talking sort of 40 minutes from where we were, <laughs> Birkdale to Blackpool. And, and they're, they're sort of laughing at me as if, you know, 40 minutes, we drive seven hours to go and play courses of this calibre close to each other. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point that's Owen's made, particularly for the guys outside the UK. Mm. Obviously, kind of a wider point with the accessibility, we kind of touched on this earlier. Obviously, the big open venues are more expensive to play, but the, the, the tier below them, you know, the, the courses are of a very high quality, but they're they're not very expensive to play either. They're, they're very affordable, very reasonable. So I think in the end, uh, James, you can actually, as anyone listening to this, they can actually package a very good trip just essentially on any price, really, can't they? Any any budget? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that I sort of I, yeah. I bumbled around the point a little bit earlier on, but the other thing when you sort of when you're thinking about what you want as well, that also takes into consideration your hotel, because if you're happy to stay mm-hmm. in a slightly cheaper hotel, but you want to put the money towards the golf, then great, that opens up a load of options. If you want to stay in a really nice hotel and it's you know it's a couple going away or you sort of uh, you guys that aren't necessarily up for the the party and actually want to spend a bit more time in the hotel and spa absolutely fine but be aware that will eat into the overall budget when you're looking at the um the courses so there's there's so much flexibility depending on what you want out of these that um yeah there really is something for for yeah for every age range every handicap range and and every type of person whether it is a you know a married couple want to go away or a group of lads in the sort of early 20s you know there's there's packages that will mm-hmm. suit them all yeah. So, what is the process like when when someone gets in touch with you guys at Golf Breaks, and obviously they come with come to you with kind of an idea or a pitch as to what kind of trip they want to do? What is the process like? How do you come to an arrangement? What? How close do you work with them in putting together their package? It can work sort of both ways. Eh? So it can work where the guys come and say, "Right, I've seen this package on your website," and our website is very sort of in depth and detailed so that you know we've seen this we've seen the price we want to book this exactly as as it is um mm-hmm. and then there's you know it's a very easy job for the guy on the phone our side to go yeah no worries what's your dates and how many people and that goes through like that conversely it's uh i don't really know where i want to play um mm-hmm. i've got this much money can you tell me what the best option is and it helps if you've got like i said earlier on an idea of We've got £500, but we definitely want to play Burtdale. Okay, let's try and build a package around that. Um, but it can work. Uh, it's it sort of we, we let the customer lead it a little bit in terms of we don't ever try and push people into something which they wouldn't want to go on to, and we, we wouldn't ever talk down any of the venues that we offer. If it's on our website, we're, we're happy enough to stand behind that venue and, and offer it out to people. So we certainly wouldn't try and talk somebody out of going to a, a location 
Um, so if you want to come to us with a detailed plan, that's great. If not, you know, tell us the dates you want to go. Tell us how many people, and tell us if there are any courses that are must plays on the on the list, um, and we can then build a package around that and get you the best price. Yeah, and again, I certainly recommend checking out golfbricks.com. Their package is there. It's great information. There's reviews and there's uh, detailed guides into all the different areas and golf courses in, in the region. And they have, they have packages there together. We'll have links to them on the, the podcast uh, page on the Golf Shake website as well. So you can easily access that. So if you're wanting to go for a long weekend or for even a longer stay, you're coming from further afield to the northwest of England this year or even going forward into next year, then do check it out. Because in terms of the quality of golf, the depth of courses that are there, it's pretty much unrivaled anywhere else in the UK, I would say. And obviously with, with so many great cities around there as well, including Black pool then it's uh there's there's a lot to enjoy coming to the northwest of england and finally owen do you have any last comments for for james or any questions before we let him go i think james has covered it uh really well i mean my only advice would just, can, just go, yes. go do it it's um you know you only live once and uh the, these really are fantastic <laughs> golf courses so uh what are you waiting for go and go and play these james well, there you go. You have the ultimate endorsement from Owen Davis. That's it. You know, you only live once. There you go. The, the man himself is, is giving you that endorsement. So there you go. Fantastic. <laughs> so again, James, we, uh, we thank you so much for your time this week on the Golf Sheet Podcast. We hope it wasn't too painful coming on and doing this. We, hope we, treat, <laughs> we, we treated you okay. And uh, you gave so much great information. Yes, thank you. And you gave so much great information there. And I think people will certainly take some insight from that. And uh, hopefully we'll now you know, follow up what Owen said and actually go and play in the Northwest because I, I'm sitting here right now and I'm pretty intrigued by it as well. It sounds really good and uh, I've been there for Opens and so on, but I've never been there to play much in the way of golf. So I'm, I think I've, I've missed out, I'm afraid. So I'm, I might try and address that going forward. It sounds fantastic. Um, we can and I must do a swap. You can take me uh, up to Scotland. I haven't t- I haven't ticked off too many of uh, those courses in Scotland, so we'll do a culture shock, and I'll take you out in Blackpool and those courses. Well, oh, you you can take me out in Blackpool, and I'll take you out in St Andrews. Then that will be as even. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That'll be that'll be that'll be good. Yeah. And I must quickly kind of touch on. Obviously, uh, yesterday there was a, a great tragedy in Manchester. We talked about Manchester today. Obviously, a, a dreadful terrorist attack at the Manchester Arena. Many people lost their lives there, and uh, I think we must quickly just say that from all of us here at Golf Shake and indeed Golf Breaks, we pass on our thoughts and condolences to everyone affected by that tragedy. And I think in the end, uh, events like this show you the worst of humanity, but also with the way people responded to that and came together, I think the best of humanity as well. And again, we, we saw right there just how strong a community Manchester and the northwest of England is, and it's really kind of rung true. And uh, again, the people there are, are close-knit, they're great people, and uh, if you come to visit there, you, you will be treated really well. And um, again, just a kind of a, a sombre note there to end the podcast, but I think it was we had to really mention that and touch on that. Obviously, a tremendous tragedy, and uh, it's still unfolding in some ways, but yeah. So our condolences and thoughts to everybody affected by that and to the great people of Manchester as well. So, guys, thank you very much for joining us this week on the Golf Sheet Podcast. Obviously, now into May, the weather's fantastic this week all across the UK. Do try and get on the golf course and play. Record your scores and stats. Uh, enter the only approach and record your greens, greens and regulation there. Only approach. Uh, that's kind of the campaign for this month, the, comp- the, the challenge for this month in Golf Shake. And, uh, again, get out there and play. We're right into the heart of the season. Get your games ready and maybe even try and go and sample some of the great golf courses in the northwest of England this summer because, like James and Nona said, there's so much to offer. Thank you for listening, everybody. Goodbye.